Sega. I'm here. Yeah, right now. Apparently, they do have wireless inside games. It sounds cold there. It is. It's a little <laughs> chilly. But uh, made it through the other uh, side of, of Hurricane Sandor. <laughs> Didn't have to deal with being stuck with any pointy ends, thankfully. How are you feeling? I'm doing all right. You know, I, I'm I'm unkempt, unshaven. <laughs> Haven't showered in a couple days. Um, but, hey, me uh, too. <laughs> that's life, you know. I mean, it's not really different than any other week. So, uh, <laughs> if you aside, aside from the water and wind, uh, doing just fine. You can only see me right now. <laughs> oh, God. So you're in, you're in, you're in, you're in a cave in a mountain. Pretty much, I'm in the office of my house, and I've got literally <laughs> three different kinds of drinks in front of me. I have one Gatorade, I have one coffee with creamer, and I have one mug from um, the Hogshead in Orlando filled with water from three days ago. Here's a listener challenge. Uh, I wonder what our listeners uh, have as drinks beside them when they're listening. Yeah, that's true. Just uh, send us that on uh, Twitter or whatever. Actually, what you don't know is if you mix all that together, uh, Zach, you get milk of a poppy. Oh, <laughs> oh there you go. That's what I've been use, looking forward they, to. They used Gatorade even back then. <laughs> <laughs> back then, we just called it Gatorade. I don't know what that means. I, I love that commercial. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So this is Wednesday. This is Game of Owns, a podcast that sometimes you listen to. And, um, well, there's some there's some things going around. The tweets we, we talked about on online recently that we've got a special thing happening next week that we're all looking forward to. Oh, no. Yeah. Sir Christian Nairn has been knighted by us and all of the free peoples in the land. And he will be joining us next week on the program. Yay! I, I, the question I want to ask him the, the most out of anything is, how um, lucky does he feel that all he has to do is, <laughs> is, is, is come to work and say one word the yeah, whole time? That's awesome. <laughs> he, he makes bank off of it. I have that's several. True. I have several questions relating to that, such as, do you find it hard to memorize lines for the show? Uh, <laughs> I won't spoil them all. I won't spoil them all, but I'm, I yeah. think I think each Hodor has a different inflection, though. You know, I you think can't so. just Absolutely. say Hodor every time. I mean, even we can, you know, even if we went around and tried to say Hodor different ways, I don't think we could capture the essence that he does. No, no, he does it quite well. There's no doubting that. Um, which is why I'm looking extremely forward to meeting him. My gosh, we're looking forward to all the crazy questions. I'm sure you guys will put together for this guy too. It should be a good time. And and yes, mm-hmm. for the record, he very very brilliantly portrays Hodor on screen for the HBO series. And uh, yeah, we're pumped. We're excited. So in addition to the details which are posted on the website, Zach did mention we are sourcing questions um, from the listeners. So if you can, uh, you know, hear this, uh, certainly send us your questions, uh, you know, to our normal channels, either through Twitter or uh, our email, which usually we say at the end of the show, but I'll say it right now. It's contact at gameofbones.com. And send us your questions for Christian, and uh, we will be sure to ask him. And, and hey, the, the worst he does is answer with a Hodor. Wouldn't you be happy that you got a Hodor directly to you? I saw so, Romney yeah. do that in the debates, and I was like, well played, sir. <laughs> That's like the, very well done. The best way to avoid yeah. a question is I to mean, slip into character. He does it. Why the hell not? Well, I was going to say, we're doing background checks as well, so if you submit a question, but for whatever reason, gave us less than a five-star review on iTunes. Oh. We will yeah. select your question. <laughs> yeah, we're holding, we're holding it all at ransom. That's what's going to happen. You get two frets this week, everybody. And actually, you'll probably get one on Friday, depending yeah. on whether or not. Maybe you'll get one later in this episode, depending <laughs> on how much I keep drinking. <laughs> Mike is in a cave staying warm with some honey brew mead, some alto wine from the Skyrim universe. And um, we're, we're sitting warmly and fondly inside of our homes, 
again talking about another chapter from the first book of Game of Thrones. Uh, yes, and this is the episode. This is the chapter where <laughs> Bronn actually, uh, where, where, where the battle at the Eyrie takes place. Yes. I'm looking forward to this. Really? Because you know what? I didn't think like. Oh, no one's speaking. No, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, you keep cutting out. No one's, so no one's interrupting by what you were me. What's we were going sobered on? by what you were saying. You I'm brought sure us you all back to reality. No one was interrupting. Um, no, um, what was, was I going to say? I, I, was, I was not looking forward to this chapter because I thought it ran really long. Like, I, love the, I loved it the first time when I saw it and I even loved it the first time when I was writing it. But this is one of the things that are hard to read back because it's so much fighting and it's so long winded. And I found myself sort of being like, okay, so Bronn was fighting. What's his face. And I like skipped three pages. He was still fighting. What's his face. I was like, Oh my God, it just kept going. The TV definitely dishes the blow easier Mm -hmm. and faster. It meant a lot to me from the book's perspective, because right when we go into the chapter, we have sort of an aside by Catelyn in her mind. And she's thinking about this long history about the veil and all these people's about Alyssa Aaron and it's so interesting to me. I think about the world that we actually live in and how long empires or how long a kingdom per se has ever lasted. And she's talking about this woman that was alive 6,000 years ago. So you've got this just massive amount of scale. And inside of that same place that's got so much aged wisdom and it's been existing for so long, we have something so silly happening. We have this child man king thing dictating this ridiculous fight. And it's just... Bring it, it brings to light how ridiculous this whole situation is. Yeah. And I think, Selena, you brought up the point. There's a lot of infighting going on, too. I mean, you look at um, Sir Brendan Tully decides that he's packing up his bags and leaving and going back to River Run um, because of the way Lice is behaving. And there, there's just a lot of, of infighting amongst, amongst this family. You can tell they don't really get along very well with each other, um, though Catalan seems to be overly concerned for Robert. Um, yeah, it's just, I think that's a motherly thing. Like, you know, she wishes her sister were more sane, um, because she would, she would have raised a, uh, you know, a stronger kid essentially. But I wonder Mm -hmm. what, is it just what happened to John Aaron that sort of driven Lysa to be the way that she is? No, no, no. She's, she's crazier than shithouse rat. Like that girl's got some damage. Like (laughs) that's just not... You know, is she, it the uh, altitude? I mean, it's, do they it's not probably get the altitude. Air yeah, it's probably, Reduced yeah. oxygen. oxygen. Yeah. yeah, it's harder to do insanity when you're visiting Colorado people. <laughs> no, it's it, it, it's that's so much true. There's a part in the text where she's sort of speaking aloud about what was allowed. The boy is utterly without discipline. He'll never be strong enough to rule unless he is taken away from his mother for a time. And then Maester Coleman, who is the maester there leans in and he's like, and he's a little drunk because they've all been, they've been celebrating because hell, it's a fight. Nothing happens up here. He leans in. He's like, his Lord father agreed with you. Oh wait, I shouldn't have said that. You know what I mean? Like there, so everyone knows that Robert's a little, like he's a scamp. Yeah. And so, but then you start to realize that not everybody was on the same page and, and it's clear that information is not being passed along through the right channels, but not the same information. It's, it's all kind of mixed up. Like one is saying that he should have been, fostered by Stannis Baratheon, the other saying, no, he's supposed to be fostered by Robert Baratheon. And, you know, it just, it it seems like something is in the works here that maybe we don't know about. Some plans that um, were being construed that, that maybe uh, would have resulted in something different happening. Well, yeah, because there is that bit where 
she's basically saying, oh, he was supposed to go here, not here, to Casterly Rock instead of Dragonstone. And the maester's like, well, actually, John wanted him, and then he gets interrupted. So, yeah, there's obviously some shit happening that we don't know about. Yeah, you're right. Casterly Rock, not Robert Baratheon. Must be the cave Aaron here. Well, still, yeah. we see uh, we see that uh, Liza Aaron really has her own agenda, and and I guess it, it said um, what she, she her moods changed hourly, like uh, her her orders based on her moods, and her moods changed hourly. And and Catelyn discovers this when she tries to talk with her sister before the fight, you know, for uh, for his trial, for Tyrion's trial. And we actually learned what I thought was interesting was that uh, she initially advised um, Liza to hear Tyrion, whatever Tyrion had to say, um, in private. When it, which is what you know, would have changed things dramatically from when he, um, you know, asked for trial by by combat. Um, you know, I guess it was Cat- Catelyn's initial reaction was that Lannister would use the the public the, the the wide room of people to create a scene and i think that that instinct was exactly right because that ended up being what's what saved Tyrion you know his slow logic his mockery of the court and and that really endeared everybody to him including Bronn who who ended up stepping in for him honestly though i think Catelyn is also really falling back on her accusations on, on Tyrion i honestly think that she just does not believe at this right. point that he has done this that she's accusing him of and the the more quiet she can she can get rid of the problem not get rid of Tyrion but sort of smooth over the problem I think the better for her because she realizes she's made this huge mistake it's almost like she has that realization and she she realizes that I'm in pretty deep shit here and my sister who's this what do you refer to her as, Eric? Uh, crazier than a shithouse rat. There you go. Yeah, what you just said. <laughs> you know, and, and she's basically, it, it's gone from, as Selena, you pointed out, Catelyn being really sort of gung-ho about, you know, trying Tyrion for, for his crimes. It, she starts to defend him, and it's Lysa who really wants to make a Lannister pay because she believes that now he's the one that's responsible for what happened uh, to John Aaron, and that she that he's the one responsible for her son being fatherless, and she wants to see him pay. And you know, n- now you're in, despite Tyrion being Catelyn's captive or prisoner, it's still in Lysa's home and up to her discretion at the end of the day. I mean, Catelyn's just one person, she's not going to be able to stop something from happening if it does. Here's an interesting bit, guys this happened before in this book already. It happened with the Lannisters when the direwolf attacked Joffrey at the stream side and then it went away. Cersei's only thing that she could do that made any sense was, hell, one wolf did it, so we'll just kill this one to make up for it. Yeah, yeah. The question is raised, though, where uh, I think it's Catelyn says, I have no doubt that one or all three of the Lannisters had, you know... um, had had Bran attacked, but she doesn't think that it was Tyrion, Tyrion specifically. Um, whereas her sister feels, or, you know, named Cersei in her letter as being the one, and now is acting as if Tyrion was the one. It's who, like the wolf, though, she's replacing it. It is. That's that's what it is for, for Liza. Um, 
you know, she's completely, but, but no, for Liza, it might be something worse. Like she might be in such a state of insanity that she really truly believes that Tyrion was the one that killed her husband, which is unfounded. Yeah. In fact, he probably was nowhere near King's Landing when that, when John Aaron died. Probably. Um, so stables. she's, she's like realizing she's never going to get the justice for her husband and is therefore taking it out on Tyrion. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, there's that moment even when Sir Roderick is trying to rationalize with Lysa saying, you know, poison, that's said to be a woman's weapon. So why would the imp use it or why would the Kingslayer use it? This is such a freaking hypocritical scene, by the way, too. He's well, like, it's, <laughs> it's, it's not really a, a, um, a really enjoyable battle to read either when Bronn, um, you know, defeats the knight. I, I think that it was probably better in the TV show because there it was more of a suspense thing. But but really, like, when they get down to it and the battle occurs in this chapter, it's really just a matter of Bronn biding his time, kind of, like, assessing a weakness in the night and then exploiting it. And it yeah. it's like the most bare-bones style of battle where you just have to find a weakness. And, you know, he cuts him up pretty bad and then he wins. And that's that's what happens. But it's not at all kind of in a, a cheery way that we're like cheering or rooting for Braun. Like it's bloody and it's, it's, I want to say it's naked, like the way of, of fighting and it's all the naked? wild. These, I missed that. It's naked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's like when Not you're, when you're show. killing somebody, you know, yep. there's there, you could be riding in a battle, but no, it's just two men standing across the court from one another. And occasionally a little boy is like, make him fly. <laughs> you know, it's like, this really annoying. <laughs> we can fly. We can fly. <laughs> yeah. Think of it this way, guys. When you're starting a game, a video game like Skyrim or even the Game of Thrones game or something you know, I, like I, that. Honestly, Zach, I would feel that this is a Skyrim podcast, by the way. You always yeah, mention Think it. about this, though. When you're uh, putting the attributes in your character, you have on the other side, you have Servardus, and he's obviously been leveled up in his more physical strengths, like strength, for example, and maybe armor, things like that. Whereas you have Brawn who's been leveled up mainly in only attack and mainly in intellect, intelligence, cunning, charisma, you know, insert game here. And so you've got a great battle poised with each other where you basically have wit versus strength. You've got a guy with a giant shield and full armor. George goes into very, very vast detail about the lobstered, full steel plate armor that he has. And if you guys play these games, you know that, that shit's expensive. And so, you know, <laughs> if he's shooting an arrow at him, then he'll, you know, he'll probably glance it off. But he's going into the battle so dressed to the nine and his mobility is limited, even though he's trained so well in it. And you've got Braun on the other hand, and basically the whole battle just goes on with Braun sidestepping and letting this guy become winded until eventually he sort of pulls a bard from the Hobbit and finds a weakness in the armor and just takes care of it. But it's not, it's, you see what I'm saying, though? It's not pleasant. It's not like, I mean, I, I think watching on TV is probably more interesting because you're cheering for Braun, whereas now you're just like, you know, watching this man kill another, it has less of an effect because you, you're, I guess it's more real. It's like a card game, though, man. It's, you have a certain strategy. You just have two differing strategies. This guy plays this mm -hmm. way, this guy plays this way, and it's really interesting for me personally to see how it plays out. Yeah. Okay. I get that. I agree. What about how Liza took it, though? She she, just, she wasn't happy, obviously. She wasn't, but she was like, clearly the gods have declared this man innocent. I he didn't see be, that coming. He will be given a... I know, I know. I thought she'd fight it tooth and nail. 
But like she just seemed to be like shocked, and then she withdrew. It was really, really well, weird. Well, she couldn't. Like, she couldn't do anything at that point because they. He had won. Like there were witnesses. I think that she honestly think thought that by sending him on his way, he would die on the road. Like I think she was pretty much sure of it. That's well. That is what is said in the in the book too. That that even Tyrion thinks that. Yeah. St- even though he's escaped this present danger, the fact that he's still got to get get through the. Uh, surrounding area when he's leaving is in is... them in this chapter as well i wanted to ask you guys we obviously had catelyn's memories of when peter um when he fought for her back in um wherever it River. was and um yeah sorry and and i thought it was interesting the description of that how he really didn't back down i mean i am oh i almost i always see Littlefinger as this kind of cowardly sort of person that goes through all these things to avoid confrontation but I mean he was ready to die for the love of of Catelyn which I thought was pretty interesting it's it goes back to the attributes he was dealt a certain hand being intelligence and things like that and he tried to go up against someone using a method that he wasn't suited for and he failed I I think too like speaking of Peter like we're meant to believe that people don't necessarily change. Like, I think he's still going to be that fierce, but he's found, a, like you said, Zach, he's found a way to be that fierce, but with his intellect. He's accepted he, who he is, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So he is still that uh, stubborn or that, you know, valiant, but but he has to do it in more of a, an unnoticeable secret way because mm-hmm. brute force will crush him. Um, so that's why he has right. a network uh, similar to um, yep. Varys. I wanted to ask uh, Selena, though, and you know maybe some people listening out there who have read further in the series, you know, looking at this particular scene and looking at this particular chapter, how crazy is this this event in in retrospect? Like having read through the books and now reading this again, knowing what you know, without giving anything away, but but how crazy is this scene? I mean, especially because after, I mean, this is pretty much one of the last moments before everything just goes to hell, like the old regime or the the new old, old new regime, (laughs) one of the two. um, (laughs) The old crowd. Right. Where where there is a king and there is a, a way of doing things. I mean, the fact that she, you know, Lisa Aaron actually puts him on trial and then when he wins, she lets him go. I mean, this is one of the last quote-unquote civil things that happens before Robert dies and Ned dies and everyone's vying for the throne and everyone's playing dirty. So yeah, absolutely. And and I think definitely it just seems like so much... I mean, obviously everything in this story matters because everything is life or death for these characters and we know that any one of them could die at any time. But it just... It's, it's like make much ado about nothing almost. That's true, yeah, I agree. It's it, it all puts it in perspective because you've got formalities and all of these things. It's kind of like, you know, I'm thinking about a revolution or something where right. you live in this world with all of these social cues and norms. But if shit goes to crap, if if people say that sometimes, <laughs> if, uh, if, sh- crap. if shit goes to crap, then it all goes to hell. Exactly. Then people are just going to revert to whatever methods they see fit and to hell all with 
the way things are supposed to be to hell all with methodology and honor you know now like you were saying before she's she's essentially put Tyrion in a worse situation than he was when he was captive at the Eyrie because he's got to go through the mountains of the moon you know who knows what Shaga son of Dolph is going to do to him <laughs> when, they, when they meet well with a name like Shaga it really leaves <laughs> little to the imagination <laughs> that's true oh well, that wasn't meant to be quite the uh, deafening, uh, <laughs> resounding, you know, procla- proclamation. Yeah, that, but, uh, can't wait till uh, Shaga makes it into uh, I know, the next couple of chapters. It's just so much yeah. awesomeness. He, I feel like him and Mord would be a great tag team in the WWE. Shaga <laughs> against the Hardy Boys. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. I have a great own this week. It's, Is it good? Um, it's Catelyn saying about Lisa... The dwarf has played her like a set of pipes, and she is too deaf to hear the tune. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I thought it was Perfect. so cool. Uh, so Tyrion's just won the battle. Too. It's at the very, very, very end of the chapter, and um, little Robert says, Can I make the little man fly now? And across the garden, Tyrion Lannister got to his feet. Not this little man, he said. This little man is going down in the turnip hoist. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I have to give my own of the show to George R. R. Martin. He has a paragraph full of irony, and he totally owns Robert Aaron very, very hard. And he says, Robert Aaron, Lord of the Eerie and Defender of the Veil, was fidgeting impatiently in his elevated chair. What are they going to fight? He asked plaintively. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. So... Basically, the whole perspective that he was painting was, oh, there's a fight, there's all this stuff, and then he introduces, he introduces him with all of his titles, you know, and then he says the most bullshit line ever, like, he's the Lord, I have to call this fight to the death, I have to say when they can fight, and he goes, when are they going to fight, you know, while grabbing toward his milk hole, it's just terrible. Mine is at the very end of the chapter, too, when Robert says, is it over, mother? The Lord of the Eerie asked. Suckle, suckle, suckle. <laughs> that has to no. be the title of this episode. <laughs> suckle, suckle, suckle. Wait, wait, I'm not done. No. <laughs> suckle, suckle, suckle. Catalin wanted to tell him it's only now beginning. Oh. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, 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 dun. Be- we should play the Halloween theme. It's Halloween, actually, today, is it not? Yeah, it is Halloween. <laughs> Happy <Tomorrow>. Halloween, people. <laughs> Yeah, I hope you guys wore good costumes. If you had some that were awesome looking, you can shoot them to us on Twitter at Game of Owns. Or perhaps you dressed up as your favorite uh, goat herdsman. <laughs> if it's <laughs> if it's a more private costume, you can send that to contact at gameofowns.com. Yeah, Mike, I don't know if you knew this, but I actually dressed up as our five star rating on iTunes. Did you really? <laughs> well, uh, how would somebody go by? How would one do that? It was uh, it was pretty simple, actually. I and if you don't nice. supply us with more stars, Micah will be forced to threaten you to have to see photos of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is pretty much worse than fishnet. <laughs> I don't know, man. Stars, depending on the size, I mean, they're pretty large. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's true. Yeah, um, five of them. Okay, well, we got a comment on a hyperbole on one of our podcast posts last week, um, where I, I like that. I thought it was it was funny. Nicole Soar commented saying, "I think Eric's OTP—that's one true pairing for all you non-shippers out there—is himself and Theon. That should have been included in Hyperbole's <laughs> battleships." <laughs> oh my God! Yes, battleships would have huh? won everything. Yep. Battleships. That would have been awesome. Yes. Well, I would have yeah, voted for it. It's a special love the two of us share. Caroline J 
AKA, AKA CJ Seth. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> Accidentally listened to last week's Game of Owens episode backwards and was getting really worried about Selena. <laughs> I guess she was missing the same amount of time backwards as forwards. Hmm, trippy. It must be Halloween. That's so confusing. <laughs> Sorry, that was my, that's Halloween sounds. That's X-Files. Yeah, right? yeah. We need Michael Myers, Halloween What was that? Music. <laughs> and then it goes, wow, wow, wow. Also, uh, Brian Deckert wrote in, my own of the episode was when you read my five-star review. Please, Micah, don't hurt me. Nice. <laughs> yeah. When do I ever threaten physical violence coming from myself? Go back, Never from Micah. me, always from fictional characters. Uh, mm. That's the kind of scarier kind, because first you have to wonder what kind of tools you have at your disposal and your arsenal if you can bring fictional characters to real-world life. That is true. Recently on Twitter, Hypable asked, what is your favorite Hypable podcast? And guys, we uh, we very, very, oh my God, it's just, you know, red cheeks and all, so happily are, are here to say that you made us blush about how many tweets you sent our way slash their way. So thanks for giving props to us and all the other shows on Hypable. It's 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 fun stuff. Yes. And you can uh always visit Hypable for your uh fandom news. That's H Y P A B L E dot com. And if you look closely enough, Selena writes a lot of things there. If you look Selena closely does. enough on Halloween, Selena just kind of appears through your screen. Oh my god, that would be so creepy. It's so true. Please don't go into the mirror and say Selena three times. (laughs) You do not want to do that. Don't do it. If you go on Hypeable and you refresh 500 times, then... I will appear. Oh my god. <laughs> That's if you go a great to plug. Right, and you click right? 500 ads, then I will appear. <laughs> you will have pretty much paid for her flight. My flight to wherever you are. <laughs> and in the meantime, you get to see the, see the world from doing that. So, And just don't forget, Hodor is coming. Hodor, Hodor, Hodor is, is coming. coming.